keep digging. Well, excuse me. Thank me one day. Giving you the real from A to Z surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. News, updates, rumors, transactions, takes, and more. So strap up, Cowboys Nation, and start your day off with A to Z Sports. Live with Will Steele. Three, two, one. Here we go! Good morning, good people. Welcome to Z Sports Live. We're streaming live on YouTube, and of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker. Still, boom. Tell me what I'm telling lies. Y'all know that's how it is. We are down to our final two episodes of our hindsight series, and we're taking a look at the safeties. Y'all know how near and dear that position is to my heart. So we're going to review each of those guys individually, see how they did in 2023, and look at the future outlook of the position. Plus... We got thrown a little curveball yesterday, right? We got thrown a little curveball in this DC search. One of the names, one of the names feels like status quo, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But the other name was a huge name, a huge personality in One Rex Ryan. And uh, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. We'll, we'll briefly touch on it again in the roundup. And uh, we'll also uh, attack how Dan Quinn got sticky fingers, you know, on his way to Washington. He's trying to take a couple of our guys, and, and Dallas said, uh, let me tell you something right now. No, no. Not happening. So we'll get to all that. But what's good with your bomb squad? Bomb squad! Sh- sh- should I play it again, Cowboys? For those who may have missed it on the way in here, yeah, just having a little fun, man. Uh, this is really how it feels. If you've never seen the movie Holes, it is what it is. But this is, you know, basically how the DC search is going for the Cowboys. Well, excuse me. me. Cowboys Nation about fed up with these grumpy old men being the defensive coordinator candidates. But I promise you, if they hire one or two of these dudes, I have this feeling that we'll be okay. But uh, that's that's where we're at with it, man. We are left with the scrap heaps, although although they are interviewing and and I got I got an opinion on that. They are interviewing a younger guy finally for the position outside of the organization. Um, but that's where we at, man. At, at this point for 2020, for the 2024 season, it's already a circus in Dallas. It would not surprise me if they hire a particular person to just add into it, man. And that's just where I'm at with it, right? With the Joneses. So let's talk about it a little bit coming out of the break. We'll uh, then basically segue our way into the safety position. All right, Cowboys Nation, let's do it. <laughs> It's time. 
It's time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Let me talk to you. Before we get into that, though, Dan Quinn on his way to Washington. Got a little sticky fingers, man. Which this happens. This, this is what happens with most coaches who are coordinators or position coaches. They take some of their guys with them or attempt to. Uh, who comes to mind? Mike McDaniel's did it from San Fran. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's also San Fran. He took Bobby Slowick. These things happen. And Dan Quinn did it. Took Joe Witt. But he also tried to take Lunda Wells. And Al Harris. And the Cowboys said. No, no. This comes from both. Who was it, y'all? Todd Archer and Ian Rappaport. Rappaport said the commanders put in a request to interview Cowboys tight end coach Lunda Wells for their offensive line position. And Dan Quinn was denied by the Cowboys. Uh, Also, in addition to being denied by the Cowboys for Lunda Wells, they also put in a request to speak with defensive back coach Al Harris. Denied. Nah, Dan. You can't be Cowboys East. <laughs> you got Joe Witt. That's about all you're going to get. Bars. So Al Harris will likely return Lunda Wells as well. And, and, and no matter who the defensive coordinator is, they, they don't affect Lunda Wells. That's, that's a Mike McCarthy uh, part of it. And I'd imagine... I just can't foresee whoever the DC is that comes in here and says, no, we don't want an Al Harris. One of the, one of the up and coming cornerback coaches in the league who's done some wonderful things with these cornerbacks. So I find that hard to believe they'll say no, um, but they, they may have that ability. So we just kind of got to wait and see, but I feel like he'll be back. He's under contract. I don't really see Al Harris going anywhere. Now, could one of those defensive coordinators be Rex Ryan or Marquan Manuel? Those are the two names added to the list yesterday. Uh, we came on here and, and remember in the roundup, and like, hey, it feels like this thing is about done. Now, still more obviously, it's early in the week. Things can happen. Uh, surprise names can come out, and damn it, they did. Let's talk about uh, Mark. I believe it's Marquand Manuel. We'll just call him Manuel for right now. Uh, he's been a coach in the league for over a decade now. Had a short stint as defensive coordinator in Atlanta under Dan Quinn, ironically, uh, for two seasons. Mixed results there. Pretty good year in 2017. Really bad year in 2018. Was fired. Dan Quinn, I think, took over or, or had more say in the defense at that time. Um, and he's kind of been bouncing around, but He's been with the Jets, the New York Jets, the last the last two seasons. So he's been under Robert Sala, learning his defense, and they are giving him an interview. But to me, unfortunately, and I don't mean to be this way, but it definitely feels and smells like this is a Rooney Rule compliant type of deal here. And I know a lot of Cowboy fans are a bit confused about the Rooney Rule, and it is very confusing. Because a couple years ago, this wouldn't necessarily fall under Rooney Rule. So as of now, with the adjustment to the Rooney Rule, 
you have to interview two outside candidates that are minorities or females or and or not both or so Aiden Durday does not count towards this. Joe Witt does not count towards this. Ron Rivera does. And now Manuel will count towards this. So the Rooney rule is fulfilled. If this is an honest request, an honest interview, good for them for widening their net. I am a bit skeptical. Call me cynical. Call me pessimistic. I I, I, I am a bit skeptical that this really is a, a serious thing here and not just being compliant with the Rooney rule, y'all. Nonetheless, I do think he has the resume. He's been a coordinator before. He's worked with many different teams. He's He's been a player in this league. Actually played under Mike McCarthy for a season in 06. And, and, and this makes sense if it was a real interview. I, I don't feel like it is, though. I don't. Then there's Rex Ryan. And we, we kind of briefly touched on Rex yesterday. Look, man, let me say this. If it's one thing Rex Ryan knows, it's defense. His resume speaks for itself. He should feel proud about it. He should be given props for it. No question. The question around Rex Ryan really shouldn't be about his acumen as a defensive coordinator or defensive mind. It should be about the time away from the game. I mean, we look, we poo-poo and talk about Zim. And that was two years. Rex has been away for almost eight. I'm sorry, for almost 10 years. He's been away for like eight or nine seasons, something like that. So that really should be the, the biggest question around Rex Ryan is, hey, I get it. He is... His resume speaks for itself. He is one of the best defensive minds of the 2000s, and he's respected in that manner, but it's it's been almost a decade since he's been in the league. However, if the Joneses wanted to go out guns blazing in this lame duck season, Rex Ryan is the goddamn hire. He's got the big name. He's got the big personality. He's also have the big football mind. Let's not dismiss that. And there was a rumor. There was a rumor or is a rumor. I don't know if it's gone or not. That an owner said that Jerry Jones wanted to make a splash hire. What bigger splash hire than Rex Ryan? You want a splash? I mean, you know. That's a cannonball right there. Now, I don't know if the interview was over like Zoom or if it was in person, but either way, if, if Rex, this is how I imagine Rex Ryan in the interview. Listen, Jerry, I'm the best mother for the job. You want me to make this a real defense? Hire me and not those other mother pansies. Also, sorry for how my father treated y'all back when he was. I'd imagine that's probably how the interview went. I would not be surprised if Rex Ryan wins over the Joneses. I wouldn't. He's got a big personality, y'all. I can see him winning over a room. Would not shock me. In all seriousness, though, y'all, um... My gut, this is my gut. This is what my gut is telling me about Rex. My gut feeling is I don't doubt that Rex Ryan could have success as a defensive coordinator again. Whether it's whether it's in Dallas or whether it's somewhere else. I don't 
doubt that. Side note, what about Wink Martindale? So a lot of things happened yesterday surrounding Wink Martindale. First, um, Michael Lombardi came out and said that the agents, the agent of Wink Martindale was spoken with the Cowboys. Mind you, Wink and Mike McCarthy share the same agent. And that he expected it to be expected an interview to happen. Uh, then reports came out that at this time there is not an interview scheduled with Wink Martindale, a person with knowledge of the situation. At the moment, right now, Wink Martindale was scheduled to interview for the Michigan State defensive coordinator job. So, you know, yesterday we talked about Wink not having a chance to speak with the Cowboys. As of right now, that that is still the case. Again, as much as all these things, they can change, right? Wink can end up being a, a legitimate candidate today, tomorrow. Who knows? Apparently, there's still another guy out there that they could potentially bring in as they're quote unquote widening their net. Uh, but right now, he is interviewing for the Michigan State job, and there is no interview set up for Wink. the The interviews that have happened for the Cowboys, Aiden Durde, uh Joe Witt had. Canceled his, obviously, taking the defensive coordinator job with Washington. Rex Ryan, Mike Zimmer, Ron Rivera, and Marquand Manuel have been the reported interviews. And, and the only reason why Manuel's was reported was because there was a bit of a leak there. Uh, I don't know if that would have even got reported had there not been one. So there could be another one or this thing could be wrapped up. It's why we're not going to talk to Pat today of DallasCowboys.com, uh, Patrick Nosey Walker. We're actually pushing it to tomorrow just in case news drops today or tomorrow prior to the show. Uh, we can tap in with Pat. If not, we'll kind of get where he's at on all of this, and maybe he can give us some more nuggets on the situation. I do know this, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, down there at .com, Nick Harris believes that uh, Aiden Durde is no longer a dark horse. Uh, because the interview went well, and he also interviewed for the Seahawks job. I find that a little bit hard to believe that he's like a favorite. Um, I don't know if he said, I don't put words in his mouth that he's a favorite, but I, I don't think he views him as a long shot anymore. For me, I, I, I just don't think he's going to be the guy, right? We talked about uh, First-year defensive coordinators for Mike McCarthy and the Joneses, mostly the Joneses, that's something that they just don't get jiggy with, you know? Now, we'll see who closes the deal for the Cowboys secondary. But in the meantime, you can stop by BT Furnishing and close the deal on some furniture. At BT Furnishings, they provide inspiration to help you transform your home to represent the way you live. They believe style and affordability should be easy to get for everyone. That's why they have a wide selection of high-quality home furniture and accessories that can come with lots of inspiration to connect with who you are at prices that don't cost an arm and a leg. If you're looking for quality furniture at an amazing price, stop by one of the four locations in Arlington, Dallas, Garland or Plano or go to btfurnishes.com for every furnishing need in your home. That's BT Furnishes. They make shopping fun, fast, and easy.
Phone line to call in is 351-999-3787. If you guys want to talk about more of the defensive coordinator situation, we're going to transition here into the safety group in a little bit. Uh, I'm seeing here Zimmer. I, Zimmer is still, in my opinion, the favorite, if I had to guess, from things that you know and things that you hear and you see or whatever. He's not only the favorite, I think, but he's also, to me, for me, it's Zimmer and then everybody else. Um, and Darren Woodson, my guy, Woody, is one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, when I first got into this, I always bring up the story. Woody was one of my first big-time breakthroughs in regards to former players. But Darren Woodson was, he's down there right now at Radio Row, and he actually was asked about, he was asked about Zimmer everywhere he went. But this was just one of the interviews uh, down there at Radio Row where he mentioned Mike Zimmer. And it just runs in his blood. It just, you know, it, this entire season, he's pretty much sat on the sideline. And I can't tell you how many times this year he and I talked about football. Like every week. Yeah. Like every week he's calling about so-and-so and this and that. And he's just so engaged in the game that, you know, again, I'm biased by it, but, you know, if you want someone that's going to shock the system, he's not going to be your best friend. He's just not. I mean, he and I became friends after a long time because it was a respect factor that ended up being a friendship. But he's tough, uh, hard-nosed. Uh, some players will not want to play uh, uh, for him because, you know, he's going to – the expectations are going to be harder than they, they've, uh, they've, they've expected in the last few years. Sure. But, he knows the game better than anyone, and he's going to coach hard. And I think that, to me, that's the shock this team needs. When I hear him say shock the system, I just think about undisputed. And I'm talking about the show. Uh, talking about Adam Cole now. But, I look, I 100% agree with every single thing he said right there. Even a little bit of a bias part to me because, again, I often talk about defensive coordinators I like, you know, watching growing up, you know, the Jim Johnsons of the world's, Dick LeBeau's. Capers, Zim is a part of that. Uh, even Rex as well, a part of that. These guys, I, I have an attachment to just from a from a coordinator standpoint. I, I, I liked how they ran their defenses. They always had good defenses, always had defenses that play hard for them. The Cowboys, I think, could use a shock to the system. And when it comes to, to Zim in general, I think he could actually have a positive impact on the safeties. I, I talked about that a little bit uh, a few days ago. And it's because I think there would be more diversity in how they're used. Look, I, I give credit to Dan coming in here and kind of mixing some things up a little bit. You know, we, we had terrible safety play prior to that, terrible defensive play period prior to that. But I think it became extremely predictable in what he was doing. And, and a lot of teams kind of, not a sellout team, the good teams, the quality offensive coordinators were able to scheme around that a lot. If you look at the usage and, and how the Cowboys use their safeties uh, in 2023, you're talking about a team who basically lived in the one high shell. I think they were top five in doing so. Some metrics might have them at number one. They were bottom five in two high shell, 27th uh, per this specific metric. 31st in middle of the field open looks. And what does that mean? Well, there was second in middle of the field closed looks, meaning there's always a safety in the middle of that field and Harley where they're playing too high. Obviously, first in man coverage, which means they would be last in zone coverage. And, and for me, that's just too predictable. In 2023, you, you've, you've got to mix that thing up. 
And every time they ran into what type of team, right? One of those Shanahan type trees, 90% of the time, because for whatever reason, the Rams could never get past it. But most of these other teams found success just picking apart that single high look and that and, and that 90% man look. You, you've got to be able to mix it up. And I think that Zim would be able to do that. Well, we know if based off of Rex history, he's a guy that disguises a whole lot. So you, you wouldn't just see one type of look. And I really do think not just Zim. Like, I'm not trying to be too biased here. Not just Zim. I, I feel like whatever defensive coordinator is brought in here, I don't think they're going to be that predictable with their defensive back. So let's go ahead and take a look at this safety room. And this time we're going to start backwards as opposed to uh, at the top. And I think this, whoever this DC that comes in here, he's not walking in again into a bare cabinet. I, I think there is something to work with here. Let's, let's start off with Izzy. Israel McQuamo, uh very weird case for him in 2023. And from, from what I was told about how he felt, he was, he was baffled. There was a feeling that Izzy would have some sort of six man role coming into this season, right? After the year he had in 2022, he's going to be this versatile defensive back, but between the, the competition and likely politics, he really just never saw that much playing time. In fact, his snaps were almost, his snaps were decreased by so much, you probably can't even remember an Israel McQuamu play out there. In 2022, he had 212 snaps. In 2023, 77. He only saw more than seven snaps in a game three times, and all of them were blowouts. Now, look, I get it. Start the season. You got Diggs, Bland, Gilly. Those are your top three corners. Jay Lewis back. You got the three safeties that are healthy. I get it. But even from even somebody like me who didn't really want to see Izzy at corner, and if he was going to play corner, you put him on the boundary, which made things tougher because you had your guys. I was still shocked to see how little Izzy was used. Now, a lot of that could have been because of the next guy we're going to talk about in a little bit here. But again, I have to admit, it was a bit shocking. Now, my best, where I view Izzy at, and I've said this from day one, I, I would like him to be a free safety. I don't think the Cowboys had a ton of those until Juan Ye kind of stepped up, and we'll talk about that in a second. But I thought Izzy could have been one of one of the roof-type guys. Former cornerback, has the coverage ability out uh, back there, he has a size. He's he's a he's a safety to me, or he's going to be a boundary corner. But you need to figure it out. Not a slot guy. Uh, I've, I've, I'm on record. He's not a slot guy. He's a guy that if you're going to put in a slot, it's a matchup. It should put him on a big slot. Somebody that's you know six foot two, not a quick foot type of dude. Uh, we all know the game he had against Tampa Bay. That's the type you put him on. But you don't see that down in down out every week, week in week out. He only played five snaps in the slot. Now, I'm going to talk where I think it could have used him here in a second when we jump a guy, but we'll get there. But my main reason why Izzy probably didn't see a whole lot of the field was because of the next guy, Wanya Thomas. Yeah. I think Wanya leapfrogged Izzy at camp. And I think he leapfrogged him in the preseason. 
you saw Juan Ye's athleticism. You saw his awareness, his explosiveness, like in camp, and then you started to see it in preseason. And it was clear as day he was the better player. So obviously he got the nod. And good for them, not playing politics of, oh, well, Izzy's these, you know, we drafted him and we got to play him. No, this, this guy showed you he was better. And when Donovan Wilson was out, they gave Juan Ye the nod in week one, and he did not disappoint at all. You saw him playing in the box. You saw him playing deep. You saw him playing man. And hell, he even got involved on special teams, if you guys remember. He started off with a bang. And I'm like, let's go. Let's get this guy some reps and get him going because I think we got something here. He ended up only playing 192 snaps. Well, Scott, that's a lot of snaps. Not really. It's more than he got, obviously, his rookie year. He didn't play. It's more than Israel Bukwamu. But I, I, we'll get to why I think he should have played more. It wasn't enough. He had six games where he played double-digit snaps, but he also had five games where he played five or less snaps. That just made no sense to me. And about 90 to 95% of the time he was in there, from a coverage standpoint, he was doing some good things. The only game where I called into question some of the coveraging was the the ten, or I'm sorry the Panthers game and gave up that touchdown. But other than that, man, I, I thought YA put together a pretty impressive coverage reel per se, and they had him lined up everywhere. They had him in the slot 39 times, 58 snaps at free safety, 73 snaps in the box. He was a versatile dude, and he was ready to go. Both of these young guys and YA and Izzy were probably looking at each other like, man, I don't know what else we can. What can I do here? Now, for Wanye's sense, he really could say that. Izzy was like, man, my, my time to shine was last year. But when you look at these four safeties in Malik, Donovan, Wilson, J-Ron, and Wanye, because Israel does not count here. He doesn't have enough snaps to count. But of the four safeties with 100 cover snaps or more, Wanye was by far your best coverage safety, y'all. By far. He tied for the lead in, in, the, lead in the team. In pass breakups, he had the most force incompletions. He had the best completion percentage against. Only 57% of the passes were completed his way. And he played 400 less snaps than the rest of them. We'll get to Donovan Wilson a little bit later. I really don't understand why Wanye didn't get more playing time unless it was a lot of politics going on in there. It, it was clear as day to me and probably to a lot of you that the next guy we'll talk about here in a second, it was it was becoming a rap for that guy. So I just imagine, right, if he had at least half of the snaps that number one had, what could have been, what more plays could have happened there? It reminds me, if you guys remember, in 2020, 2020, it reminds me of the early years of Donovan Wilson. Let me just say that. The Cowboys' safety play was horrid for years. We just could not find consistency, consistency at the position. Uh, we was running Darian Thompson back there and whomever else back there, and we had Donovan Wilson sitting on the bench, and we're like, hey, when they going to put this guy in there? Finally, they put him in there. He made some plays, and he became your guy for the rest of the foreseeable future. But that's kind of what it reminds me of. Um, 
if it was up to me, I, I would give Wanye a shot at, at one of these spots in camp, like a real competition, at the very least, to get the number three spot again, at the very least. But I'm I'm saying, here's the pool stick. I always use this, this analogy. Break the pool stick. Y'all figure this thing out. But Wanye should be given every single last chance to be either a starter or a key rotational guy this year. And I'm not talking about 10 games where he's playing eight snaps or less. No, 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 no. Nah, nah. I'm talking about he has potential to be a playmaker back there. And if you bring in a guy like Zim, he might be your playmaker back there. That's how good I feel about him. I mean, the tape is there. You see it. This isn't just, just emotion speaking. When you see him, he always pops on tape. Now, before we get to the next guy, because I know y'all got a lot to say about him, uh, let's wrap to Banks. Banks. Banks had a lot to say this these last couple of weeks. Good morning, Banks. Scott, good morning, good morning. Um, man, I just want to say, <laughs> long as long as uh, I already know you about to talk about, but long as you don't come back, I'm good, man. Uh, <laughs> long as they, <laughs> long as they're come back, I'm good, man. You can't tell me Wanye or even is it? I know he's didn't get that many snaps, man. Mm. As definitely being in coverage couldn't be in there over J. Ron Curtis, man. Like, yeah. I- you know what I mean? Is he showed us what he could do? I know, you know, like you know, it can't happen every game, but showed us he could play, you know, decent coverage. You know, in a game that matter like when we played Tampa Bay, you know, you put him in that slot. So you tell, you know, in coverage, I would definitely believe he'd be a lot better, especially being a former cornerback in yeah. coverage than J. Ron Kirk. I, I you agree. know what I mean. I agree. And, and uh, you know, far as the DC situation, um, I'm definitely looking at it out of all the candidates so far. I am like a Zimmer like you. Um, I do think he is the best candidate. I mean, I know he's been out a couple of years, but uh, you know, like I, I seen somebody say yesterday, man, on Twitter, how you know they don't want somebody that's predictable or basic or not with the, the you know, up 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 to speed with the current NFL. I'm like, uh, you know, I told somebody and outdated. They don't want somebody outdated. I'm like, uh, whether we wanted to see it or not, Dan Quinn was outdated. Dan Quinn was outdated. Dan Quinn ran about three covers. I, I watched Richard, Richard Sherman after we lost that Green Bay game talk about it. He said, uh, you know, when, when they were there, they ran about three coverages, which was cover three, uh, a let me, cover two, let me and do you, go ahead. Let me do you one better, bro. They ran like three plays. <laughs> not just three. Yeah. They, he didn't have a whole lot in his bag this year, and I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, he didn't, and it looks like it seems like what he said. That's the same thing. He had about three coverages this year. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I, like I, like I've been saying, man, it was uh, with a uh, coach of my practice, uh, mismanagement of safety position or D line, whatever. You know, everything. You know, the linebacker position all over. Yeah, I just think us having the talent kind of masked that, and kind of we, you know. We kind of overcame, you know, the lack of coaching or good coaching. Yeah, I don't. So say, I'm not going to say he was off or not here, right? Like he obviously turned around a porous, porous unit. Um, but but yeah, I don't. I don't know yeah. that he much adapted that like he needed to. You know, he adapted year one, and you give him credit for that. But guess what? The league also adapts, right? And by year three, I think the the you know the league started to catch up with him a bit. At least you know when he ran up against a good offense and a good coordinator. 
Uh, and, and 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 he got he got exposed a bit in the way he was trying to run things. And you could say, well, personnel. Well, yeah, that's true. But pound the table to get better personnel. Don't run out safeties at linebacker. But to go back to to what you said about you know being outdated and things like that, I tweeted this yesterday. To be fair, right? I said, to be fair, uh, there these are some older coaches or quote unquote retreads because a lot of people say that that have had or are having success as defensive coordinators or play callers. If you're good, you're good. Uh, Lou Honor, uh, I can't never pronounce his last name. Lou Anarumo, he's the defense coordinator for the Bengals. He's 57. Steve Wilkes is in the Super Bowl right now, 54. Spags, 64. He's in the Super Bowl. Schwartz is 57. He we saw what he did with the the uh, Browns defense. Vic Fangio is is highly respected around the league. Uh, you saw what he did turn around the Miami defense. Terrell Austin's 58. Uh, had a top 10 defense with Pittsburgh. Leslie Frazier who prior to stepping down last year, 64, he was putting together top 10 defenses in, in Buffalo. Todd Bowles, he's 60. You know, he put together a top 10 defense with the, with the Bucks. Like, so just because you're older doesn't mean you can't have success in this league. Uh, so yeah. that that's kind of the other side of it, right? Yes, we all would love that next up-and-coming young stud of a defensive coordinator. But let's not dismiss some of the older guys. And I don't mean you go get a guy who's been out the league for 10 years. But just because somebody's old doesn't necessarily mean they aren't they aren't good. If you're good, you're good, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I agree with that, man. And, like, you know, and, and the one reason, uh, real quick, in closing, uh, I, I just think Zimmer is, man, because I, I just can't think of a time, and I could be wrong, where – one of his defenses was just in the bottom or towards the bottom of it. You know, I, I've always known him to have a good defense, at least good or, you know, somewhere around there, you know, versus, uh, you oh, know, yeah. his, trying to just. His resume know, speaks win. for itself. He, he's, he's. Yeah, it speaks for itself. Yeah, Zimmer is a, a highly, highly yeah. quality defense coordinator. Yeah, and I thank Quinn for, you know, what he did with us. I mean, you know, it ain't just because he's leaving. I've seen it beforehand. I was talking about it beforehand. You know, a lot of people were, you know, that, that could see it. But remember, before he came here, man, Atlanta was, I think, dead last in pass defense. You know what I'm saying? He got caught on to his defense. They caught on to him there also. And, uh, and you to, know, and, granted, and to he be, didn't have it. And know, to be fair, out. he switched up. He didn't do the same things in yeah. Dallas that he did in Atlanta. He came and said yeah. that. He said, I'm going I, I, to take what I learned in Seattle. I'm going to take what I learned in Atlanta. I'm going to get rid of all the garbage and, and try to make sure the yeah. things I did good, he expands on. And to his credit, he did that the first year. So I'm, I'm not going to knock him yeah. for that. But by year three, I think the league caught up to what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. He didn't He didn't continue to build on what he what he done. He just kind of stayed the same. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got, man. Appreciate you, man. All right. Banks talked – Banks talked about J-Ron. A great, great segue here. This is where we're going with it, too. All year, man. We we were just coming on the show, and we're, with all due respect, they got to get him off the field from, some, from time to time. He's cooked. Like, every time I saw J-Ron curse on the roof, I... Oh my God, bro! Oh hell no, man! What the fuck, man? Get your ass on, boy! You get your goddamn ugly ass. What a turnaround for J. Ron, because because year one, 
J Rock, as Akoya would call him, man, he was he was something special, man. But see, I think because he was asked to play in the box so much, it started to catch up. It was a career low for biscuit hips. I mean, for um for J. Ron Curse for the Cowboys. He had the least amount of tackles. He missed more tackles in 2023 than he missed in 2021 and 2022 combined, y'all. Cowboy career low with stops. He only had 19. The previous two seasons, he had 31 and 33, respectively. And don't let J-Ron fool you. He'll go on Twitter and be like, go look at the tight ends again. Dude, you gave up 81% completion when, when targeted. You, 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 no one was scared to throw on you. Career, career low, by the way. No one was scared to, to throw on J-Ron Curse. If you guys remember early in the season, and I hate to, I'm not trying to, I hate to do this. This was just, this is just the early in the season because I, we were seeing these things early. We're like, hey man, J-Ron can't cover no more. <laughs> Say, Dan, we might want to do something about this. I don't know if it was the injuries. I don't, I don't know if he if he was feeling some type of way, you know, because Malik Hooker and Donovan Wilson got the bag, right? And then they just said, well, here's what we do, J-Ron. We'll convert your money into guarantees. But every time we do tape Tuesday, or at least when I was reviewing the tape, I'm just looking at one in coverage, and I'm just like, oh, this ain't something, something's wrong here. And we're putting them on the roof, we're manning them up against tight ends. And the the Hickabees of the world is whooping on them. When the Higabees is beating you, not the Kittles, the Kelseys, the Higabees? Yeah, it's time, it's time to look. It's time to look somewhere else, man. Time to look somewhere else. To be fair to J-Ron, he's played over a thousand snaps in the box. I, I know that's his name, Professor. I'm just... Hey, content, man, content. He played over a thousand snaps in the box under Dan Quinn. This guy is not a linebacker. He's a safety. With size, that can do big nickel things. But what happens when you continue to put a dude who's not a linebacker in the box dealing with these, these linemen down in, down out, year in, year out? Your body going to wear down, man. And it was clear. See, 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 still the boys know who I'm talking about. Are you followers of Huckabee? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You don't know about that Cat Williams. Um, when you're down in the box like that, man, you're going to get banged up. And I think he got banged up, man. And, and he turned into old biscuit hips. The play that really, and it's in that it's in that coverage reel I did there. The play against the Rams early in the season, it sold me. It said, oh, hell no, nah, man. He can't move back there. And to his defense, he's not. it's not like he's a, a, a high IQ coverage guy on the roof, but you're putting him back there to do those things. Now, Sky, you, you, are you exaggerating? I, I look, I don't normally look at PFF grades. I kind of 
side item thing. Right. But if you are in the PFF, I always say this. If you're in the PFF grades, J-Ron Curse was the second worst safety in coverage per PFF. If you're into them, only reason why I bring it up is because the film kind of matched that. that. That's the only reason why I bring that up. There's times I'm like, oh, that grade look a little weird, you know. More specifically, when I watch like defensive tackles or something like that, like Hankins. Hankins gets a weird grade every time, but I watch him like, man, Hankins is doing his job. But not with J-Ron. J-Ron was awful in coverage. He missed a lot of tackles that he did more than he did this year, and he played banged up. He is the Cowboys' emotional leader, but I that's look, you can be a team's emotional leader, but if you aren't out there on the field. Given those results, it does not matter. So I don't see him coming back. What percentage of the snaps that he played? They all played the same. Curse, Malik, J-Ron, they all pretty much played around the same. He was your starter. He, was, he started all the time. He played a lot. He probably played the most. You know what? I'll find out for you. Don't worry. I got you. Would, would be shocking if he didn't play the most. Uh... There we go. Defense. Yes, J-Ron Curse and Malik Hooker played the most. 77% for Malik, 76 for J-Ron. And then Dono, remember Dono missed the first two games, 68. So 882 snaps for Malik, 800, I'm sorry, 826 snaps for Malik, 820 for J-Ron. Mind you, tons of blowouts this year. These guys are sitting down. All of these guys play less snaps, these, these veterans. So there you go. I don't know. I'm not even going to ask the question. I don't think anybody really wants to see him come back. Maybe he goes to, to Washington. I would like the Cowboys to move on from him. Wanye Thomas, I think, can easily take over that role if, if they ask him to. And we talked about linebackers, but I think Mar- Marquise Bell was going to move back to safety. So Bell could, if they wanted to roll that roll out there, he could do that as well. But let, let's, we might have to kind of slow our roll though on Marquise when it comes to, to safety as well. Like, I mean, I think he's going to play safety. But if this new coordinator comes in here and says, all oh, that, that dime and playing 6DB, like, what are y'all doing, man? No, we're not doing that. We'll play big nickel from time to time, but. There could be a situation here where there is not four safeties playing all the time. There's two, and then you got your, your, your utility guy, your third guy. And this new defensive coordinator is not going to be married to any of these guys, to be fair, but damn sure ain't going to be married to the undrafted free agent who they moved to linebacker. They're going to say, move your ass back to safety. Now you done wasted a year playing linebacker. We're going to move you back to safety. Hopefully your development has not been hindered. Now let's talk about Dono. Dono's year started off rough. Um, he got hurt on the first day of camp. Remember that? Messed up his calf. What is it with first day of camp injuries? Washington last year in 2022. Dono 2023. And it caused him to miss all of camp in the first two weeks of the season. Then he returned and you saw him start off a little slow out there the first few weeks. Donovan Wilson was trying to get his 
legs up under him. But gradually, he started to get back into the swing of things, and now you start to see Donovan Wilson flying around. You know, okay, okay, Donald's getting backed in, right? Get, getting back in there. But it felt like to me that, that Dan Quinn kind of dialed him back this season. He wasn't quite the kamikaze, heat-seeking missile Donovan Wilson. And the statistic that really shows me that is, I talk about it all the time, like Donovan Wilson to me is one of, if not the, ble- the one of the best blitzing safeties in the league. And I know to step back in 2020 when, of all people, Mike Nolan was using him in that way. And in 2022, Dan Quinn saw that too. He blitzed him 30 times. And Donovan Wilson hit the quarterback more than anybody. He had the league league in sacks at the position with five, the league league in quarterback hits and tackle for loss at the position in 2022. Hence why he got the bag. Deserved bag. Well-deserved. In 2023, again, and you could even argue this for J-Ron, like these guys' roles just weren't quite the same. Now, in my opinion, J-Ron, just, I just think he's cooked. Uh, Donald ain't cooked. He showed you he ain't cooked. But he dialed that back, man. He only blitzed him 17 times. At one point, he he was under 10 for majority of the season. It's like, hey, when are we going to start? And then later in the season, you started to see Dino get get utilized the way I think he should be used. Overhang type defender, blitzing him a bit. You know, if you're going to play him in coverage, you, you, you allow him to just deal with one half of the field. He did that in 2022 very well. When they, they split the, they split the uh, field, Dino can move. But because you dialed him back, what happened? No sacks this year. One quarterback hit. Only two tackles for loss. The production was not there, but I don't think this is this is the same case as J-Ron. J-Ron physically looks cooked. Mentally looks cooked. I didn't get that sense from Donald. So if a, if a new coordinator comes in here, and we can talk about Malik for this as well, comes in here and he says, oh, I could definitely, I definitely know how to use Malik and Donald. Malik, I still believe, is, is a roof type guy, but when you play so much damn cover one, you're responsible for the whole entire back end. I think it's extremely easy. Extremely easy to get schemed. When I know you're going to be there. There's no different look. What you see is what you get. We're not rotating it. None of that. You can get schemed. But even then, I thought he played his role well enough. But I think you can get a a, a Defensive coordinator in here. I keep bringing up Zimmer because I like how he uses safeties. And he can get the best out. Y'all remember, what's the, what's the dude's name? Uh, something Harris. Damn, what was his first name? I, man, years ago. I remember when I was doing uh, free agent primer, I was looking at him out of Minnesota. And now when you think about the, the, the guy, he's nothing. But he probably played like he played because of Mike Zimmer. Uh, but what is his name? Something Harris. He played for the Minnesota Vikings. I think he ended up going. Frank Harris. Anthony Harris. Thank you, Professor. O. Anthony Harris um, had like seven interceptions or something crazy under uh, Mike Zimmer playing that half of the field with Harrison Smith. Uh, he gets the best out of his safeties. Hell, Harrison Smith talked about the, the importance of uh, Mike Zimmer to his play. And just like what Woody said, we know Woody also talked about it, and I'll replay that for y'all for those who missed it. Woody was like, hey, man, look, you're not going to be like, I mean, he's not, you're not going to like him all like that. Harris said the same, or Harrison, I'm sorry, said the same thing. Harrison Smith said the same thing. He's like, look, 
he taught me more about the game from the position than I was ever taught. And he talked about how he wanted to be the next Darren Woodson. And, and Harrison Smith has been one of the more productive safeties throughout his career, especially under Mike Zimmer. I personally think he could come in here and between Malik, Dono, Wanye, Izzy, and maybe a free agent. I, I still think this is a quality room. Minus J. Ronkers. I still think this is a quality room given the right direction. Given the right direction. And it's not like it's an old room. You're not talking about 32-year-olds in here. Uh, Wanye and Izzy is obviously young. Dino is under 30. Malik might be at 30. So, you know, we're not talking about an old room here. Plus, you know, again, you need a mix, I think, of, of, of veterans and, and, and young guys. And the Cowboys have that in these two. Man, Malik Hooker's 27. So, so Malik been in the league for a good bit, but he only 27. You know? Donovan Wilson, what is he going in year six, seven? He's only 28. It's really not an old room at all. But here's uh here's Woody again on Mike Zimmer if he happens to be the guy. And it just runs in his blood. It's just, you know, it, this entire season, he's pretty much sat on the sideline. And I can't tell you how many times this year he and I talked about football. Like every week, yeah. like every week he's calling about so-and-so and this and that. And he's just so engaged in the game that, you know, again, I'm biased by it. But, you know, if you want someone that's going to shock the system, he's not going to be your best friend. He's just not. I mean, he and I became friends after a long time because it was a respect factor that ended up being a friendship. But he's tough, uh, hard-nosed. Uh, some players will not want to play. Uh, uh, for him because you know he's gonna the expectations are gonna be harder than they they've uh, they've, they've expected in the last few years. Sure, but he knows the game better than anyone, and uh, he's gonna coach hard. And I think that to me, that's the shock this team needs. Facts. AJ, um, that's not the case no more in Dallas, which is weird because that was kind of one of the things in Malik Hooker when he got here was. As an injury-prone dude, since he's been here, 15 games, 16 games, 16 games. He never did that in his career. He never played 15 games in his career prior to coming to Dallas. He, he's been he's been one of your most reliable, available guys on defense. And the only reason why he didn't play 16 games in 2021 is because he was coming off of that injury and he didn't start or he didn't play the first two games uh, of the season that year. But but Malik's Malik's been around. Malik. For the Cowboys, you're not going to wood. I hope that continues. But Dono's actually been banged up more than Malik Hooker since he's been here, to be honest. And, and again, there is a shelf life with the way that Donovan Wilson plays. I don't think he's going to be around long because of the way he plays. Uh, and, and look, that's just the nature of the game. You got to get the best out of him while you have him now. Now, if we like look at the future outlook, right, beyond... Dono and Malik, like if we look at their contracts, let's say these guys don't like Donovan Wilson or they don't like Malik Hooker. I don't think nothing's going to change this year. Uh, both of those guys got a contract extension. They'll be around this year. But technically, you can move on from both of those guys after 2024 season and actually save a good chunk of money and not deal with a ton of dead money. So, um, And that's how they structured it, right? That's how the Cowboys structure their contracts for the most part. So unless they 
kick some money down the can to open up cap space. Uh, and these guys aren't really, I mean, they're not really going crazy on your cap from a hit. There's like $7 million roughly. But if they wanted to open up more, they can do that. But then that will also add more dead money if they wanted to move on. So depending on what happens with potentially a new coach in 2025 or the new coach this year, it's safe to say like this whole entire group besides J-Ron Curtis, I just don't see him being back. There should there should be no, oh, I'm comfortable. Especially if you bring in Mike Zimmer. Honestly, especially if you bring in Rex. I mean, Rex ain't for the for the for the stuff either. But if you bring in this guy. Damn it, that's horseshit. If we get a press G, you get your fing ass outside and get it contained. Okay? I told you this quarterback runs keep him in the pocket you got me you better quit bullshitting around i'm not having this bullshit <laughs> better get your minds right or i'll get them right for you hey, damn it you, that's horse shit you can't if we tell get a press- me you can't tell me he don't sound like somebody's grandpa at the end of that 100 percent. so look Malik, Dono, Wanye, Izzy, whatever draft pick, if they do that, whatever guy they sign, if they do that, whatever practice squad guy there is there, there is no being comfortable under Zim. I don't think, well, let me slow down. Let me slow down. I almost said I don't think politics will come into play, but we understand the politics come from upstairs. They don't necessarily start with the coaches. We know that comes from upstairs. Hey, man, I, 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 I didn't pay Malika. I didn't pay Donovan Wilson a lot of money there, coach. Zim might say, F- your politics, though. Why, yeah, playing better. You know how we do, brother. Text Rob say young people can learn a lot from open. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I I'm not look, I have fun. I'm having fun, I should say, with the whole old man thing, right? I'm I'm having fun with, with stuff like this. I'm tired of this, Grandpa. That's too damn bad. You keep digging. Well, excuse me. Like, I'm having fun with this, man, just because, right? Like, you got to laugh to save yourself from crying sometimes. But I am not out on an older coach. Now, I'll take that coach. We'll do our research, and I'll give my opinion on if I like. Like, I gave you all my list. I like Wink. Wink's older. I like Zim. Zim's older. I actually like Rex. My 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 issue, if there is an issue with Rex, is he's been away for a decade. That, that's the only thing. But if you just say, hey, defensive guy, Rex, no defense. But he's been away for 10 years. I can't ignore that. You know? And then I, I showed y'all the, 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 the coaches in the league that are older, well into their 50s or 60s year, years old, that are having success or respected defensive play callers or coordinators in this league. So, you know, it, the age thing is fun to poke at. 
for sure. But when you really sit down and get serious about it, I don't quite think it matters. If you're good, you're good. Now, if you want to be the the Niners, which I don't know how many people are really talking about this, but but I saw an article drop and it, it really blew my mind a bit. Y'all know how if you hire a uh and, and, and this will all tie together. If you hire a minority assistant to be a head coach or somebody in the front office to be a general manager, you get like a bunch of third round picks, like two extra third round picks. Well, the Niners have done it like three or four years in a row. They had a general manager go to Tennessee. Salah went uh, went to the Jets. Mike McDaniels, wild that he counts, but because I had no idea. But <laughs> Mike McDaniels went to Miami. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's. Went to the Texans, and I think the Washington football people got another uh, minority coach or somebody in the front office that went to what? Bro, they got about 10 third round picks that have come their way. Unbelievable. It's amazing and good for them. So if you wanted to develop a farm system, whether it be a minority or young, yes, then, then hiring these old guys does not matter. Cowboys don't do that. That's not the cowboy way. Do I still got the graphic? Yep, I sure as hell do. Cow the, the Cowboys don't like the young assistants. And if they were smart, and I think I said this the other day about, you know, if when you go look at Baltimore, and I'm just using Baltimore as, as an example, but Zach Orr, you know, he's a guy that came up through that system. Even even Mike McDonald, I think, worked at one point with John Harbaugh uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. But anyway, Zach Orr, they probably were grooming him to be a defensive coordinator one day. Rex's brother, Rob, he was already up there. Sleepy Monty. I mean, come on, man. What a what a joke. Then they hired Monty's son, Rod. Now, Rod got some fire or whatever, but, you know, old as well. Kept him around. Didn't groom anybody. We know about Mike. And then Dan. One could argue Joe Witt could have been the guy to groom, but that's not the way they roll. That's not the way they roll. Um, and, and I did get questions. Hey, do we get a third-round pick for Joe Witt Jr. going to Washington? No. Uh, it has to be assistant to head coach or or somewhere in the, in the front office to a higher position in, in, in other teams. From So you go from assistant general manager to general manager. You go from general man, assistant general manager to president or something like that. Then you get those uh, those picks. You think the Cowboys getting any of that anytime soon? Come on, man. As the kids say, let's be for real. Dallas getting a compensatory minority pick. Y'all saw the picture. Nah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm jokes, jokes. Cause some people out there, jokes. But y'all saw the picture. Um, let's get to these super chats. 
Iceberg, appreciate you. Uh, he dropped. He dropped two and said, "Politics as usual." Come on, Sky. Amen. <laughs> Brother L, it's February. <laughs> I shouldn't even be bringing that picture up during February, but y'all saw the picture. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, good for you, but. Amen. Jokes, Miliano. Jokes. I don't want nobody to be mad at Sky. Jokes. I appreciate that super chat. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. I told you, easy show today. Easy peasy show today. Tomorrow we'll have uh, Pat back on. <laughs> let's see. Uh, if Rex has been watching and keeping up studying all these other teams, maybe he'll be all right. ADC for life. I t- my gut feeling, I think Rex will be fine defensive coordinator again in this league. I don't know if it'll be here or somewhere else. I got a gut feeling he'll be fine. Um, but I, I I cannot ignore the fact that he's been away for 10 years. It's one thing to sit back like us and watch and whatnot. It's another thing to literally be in the trenches. You know, the traveling, the planes, the the the, the 60, 80 hour weeks. The it's It's a lot. But he loves this. We know Rex loves the game. He, he loves calling defenses. So I don't, I don't, I don't have any doubts that that he will give 110 percent and he'd have some success somewhere. But I just can't get out. Damn, ten years is a long time. That's a long time, man. Gruden, yeah, I mean, but, but Gruden got he got up out of there though, didn't he? And even when Gruden got hired, I was shocked. I was like, damn, like not not even go to college, not even office court, just straight from the booth to a coach it ain't do too good and they got his ass up out of there for other reasons but yeah Gruden's a good example I have no clue uh, Mark Aaron if the awards are tonight I, I don't really be watching any of those type of things yes indeed TP uh, we talked about this in the roundup if you did miss the roundup Al Harris and Lunda Wells was blocked by the Cowboys as Dan Quinn tried to get sticky fingers. Iceberg Slim said, Mike Zimmer or Sexy Rexy. <laughs> Is that what they call him? Ain't with the Catboy politics. Well, unfortunately, Slim, I don't even know if they'd have the, the power. Right? To overcome catboy politics, man. Zim, when Zim was, was was a spring chicken in Cincinnati, you could argue was it Mike Brown was worse when it came to catboy stuff, and uh, Zim Zim couldn't over, Zim had to just work what he had to work with. The day that somebody comes in here and is able to tell you know Stephen and them to shove it. It's a day I'll stand up and applaud. I, I I don't I don't know if if you know what they might tell them to shove it, but but they not gonna be able to sign a con. Hey, I want to go get X Y Z. Stephen Jones controls that. So you right though. I don't think they he they gonna be with it, but I don't think they're gonna have the power to bring in who who they ultimately want. If that makes sense, it's a bit pessimistic view, but I don't believe in Stephen. I don't 
Now, he changed the stripes a tiny bit. In a way, not really. From at, from bringing in, you know, Cooks and Gilmore from any, from a, a money standpoint. You know, he's traded for, for 30-year-old type of veterans before. We did the whole list of that. That's not new. But the money that came with it was new. So and maybe this year, instead of dipping his toes, he jumps right now. Somebody tried to jump up in here. Speaking of jumping in, before we get out of here, 202 on the way out. What's up? Uh oh. 202, you might have got me muted. Hey, what's, what's going on? Here we go. Um, yeah, watching your show a lot lately, and um, you know, I love your content with you, especially with you and Box. Thank you, sir. Um, quick question for you, man. Uh, what, um, what um, part of a free agency would you like to see the Cowboys get before they address it in the draft? Um, I'm very curious to see if they, you talked about the safeties earlier. I don't want to see Curtis back. I wouldn't see Wyatt Thomas in that role. I think he's, he brings better in cover skills, and he's a better tackler, in my opinion, and faster uh, with that. Um, would you like to see the, the Cowboys address like the D-line um, be a free agency or the draft or vice versa? Mine's his line, linebacker. Uh, I'd love for them to to sign a linebacker in free agency, like a real, real linebacker. Um, honestly, that, that that's like the main – that's my priority – if they brought in a defensive tackle or defensive end, uh, that'd be fine too. But I, I'm 100% going after a linebacker in free agency, even if I got to pony up a little bit of money, which I don't know if they don't have to. There's there's some quality guys out there that it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah, I like that guy from uh, Tennessee, uh, Al uh, Shamar. I forget his name, name Al Muhammad. Um, he's like he's a free agency this year. I want to see them attack that. And another question I have for you too is that um, there was a uh, uh, an assistant coach. I think that Cowboys interview. Um, I forget his damn name. Uh, Mark Quinn Manuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know anything about him? Yeah, uh, we kind of run over him earlier in the show. He, he's been coaching for about a decade or so. Uh, he, he was a defense coordinator for two years in, in Atlanta. Had a good season in 2017 and a terrible season in 2018. Got fired. He's been kind of bouncing around. But the last two years he's been with the Jets. So, you know, maybe he can get some of that, you know, Jeff Ehrlich and, and Robert Salah magic and rub off on him. It, during his next tenure as a defensive coordinator. Uh, but I, I don't think he's really given a fair shot here. I, I think this is just a satisfied Aroni rule, honestly. Yeah, that's, that's what I think, too. Yeah. Um, and my last question for you, uh, do you think uh, – are you okay with leaving um, or cutting Michael Gallup this year and getting the cat money? 100%. There's just oh, – okay. I see no reason to bring Michael J- – Jalen Tober can do what Michael Gallup did better, I think, in, in 2024. So, yeah, I'm, I'm moving on, um, trying to develop these young guys, potentially add another one in the draft at uh, some point. Yeah, I'm moving on. All right, appreciate that, Bill. Yeah, good call, man. B-Bird also dropped uh, one. He said, what's the difference between Rob Super Chat. and Rex? Huge. Bigly. Now, they're twins. They're both fiery and all that stuff, but their resumes are like polar opposites. Um, you remember Rob. That's probably why you're bringing him up because the Cowboys had Rob Ryan here. I would imagine, and I don't know this like exactly, but I'd imagine there's some similarities in how they would want to run their defense. But the success in how they did it is like total opposite. I think Rob has only put together a handful, I don't know, a couple of top 10 defenses in his career as a defensive coordinator where 
you go look at Rex's resume, it is it's the, it's on the other end of the spectrum. Um, it is kind of a reason why Rob fizzled out. Now Rex is obviously retired as a head coach. Rob never even got a head coaching gig, but if you go look at their respective resumes, yeah, Rob Ryan had a, a handful of of good. I keep saying handful. He had like two good seasons as a defensive coordinator, but I'd imagine their personalities are the same. I'd imagine they obviously are twins. I'd imagine they ha- they might do some of the same things. I don't know. I've not studied Rob Ryan's scheme in years, but um, production wise, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me how many times you been a defensive coordinator? 15 times, and you and you only got a couple good seasons out of that? Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. So I think I think the gap in their defensive coordinator acumen is pretty damn wide. Uh, yeah. I don't think they're the same. They look the same. I don't think they are the same. And if, if he comes here and he's rotten, mm, I remember the Rob Ryan experiment. It was... It was horrible. We don't want that. Send Gallup to Cincy. Rob Ryan's defenses in New Orleans ranked 31st, 31st, and 4th. Points 28th, 32nd, and 4th. Here's Rob Ryan's rankings and points throughout his career as a defensive coordinator. 31, 25, 18, 26, 24, 21, 13, 16, 24, 4, 28, 32. Here's Rob Ryan's defenses ranked in yards. 31, 31, 4, 19, 14, 22, 31, 27, 22, 3, 27, 30. Yeah, Rob Ryan's not a good defensive coordinator. Has been a defense coordinator in 10 seasons. Yeah, they uh they, they saw right through the shenanigans on Rob Ryan. Hey, dog, that's, that's enough. You watch Larry David, it's enough. It's enough for Rob Ryan. <laughs> but uh, I, I think he got his name off of the Namdi Asamoah. Remember that? Uh, in Oakland, fantastic year. And we almost got him. When Rob got here, man, we was, I think he was on the horn with Namdi, and Namdi ended up going with Philly, and then that whole dream team thing was a disaster. But, yeah, man. All right, with that said, we're going to get up out of here. Good stuff today. Appreciate you guys. Tomorrow we're back on. We got Pat coming through, right? Maybe we'll get some defensive coordinator news. If not, we'll talk to Pat about what's going on down there at the Stars surrounding all of these names. Um, Mo will be back on for the final show of the week and even tomorrow uh while we won't have a Vasa and Barty live show make sure y'all click your uh, your bells because I think he's going to be dropping some film today and he'll also be dropping his uh show with uh Va- not watch his show with Brian Broadus as long as the wi-fi permits for Brian over there in, in uh, Vegas so a lot of good stuff going on around the Cowboys community make sure y'all check everybody out uh on your way out Hit that like button if you enjoyed today's show. Like I said, tomorrow we'll wrap up the Hindsight Series, talking about the cornerbacks, and then we're moving on. We're moving forward, man. Um, Unless something changes here, we're going to turn the page and we're going to start talking about potential free agents to bring into this team or potential moves to make 
before we take a small little break, uh, or usually our post-season type break. With that said, push the goddamn button. Push the goddamn button. Yeah, that's why I brought that up, Slim. I saw an article where teams are crying about it. Don't cry about it. Do something about it. Yeah, I'm talking about these teams being mad at San Fran for, for getting the compensatory picks. Good for San Fran. I might hate their guts, but good for them. They're developing a system that is grooming young front office and coaches in the minority ranks to elevate. Good for them. We out of here. Love y'all. Peace. difference between the 4.0 and the 4.6 come on like 30 to 40 grand cop beat it bomb squad